Hey, New Life Church. I'm so happy. I've got my friend Marcus <laughs> Brown. I love being with Marcus. This whole thing was just set up so I could hang out with Marcus. <laughs> and uh, that's actually not true. There's a lot of pain in the story that we're going to talk about, a lot of things uh, that Marcus has been through. And before we get into some of the things that I think I can learn today and you can learn today, I just want to be honest. Pastoring right now, it's not cake. <laughs> it's crazy. It's difficult. You guys are asking for uh, help in places that really only the Lord can help you in. It's it's difficult. I'll tell you how it's difficult as well. It's difficult to speculate right now on what to do next, what is wise. So we're going to assume now yep. that it's true in your home. And um, so if that's true, what frustrated me the most before COVID came has been expedited now. I'm more concerned about it now than before. And that is just the carnality, the weakness of a believer. Are we growing in Christ right now? I actually do not know for sure. So my only antidote lately is to preach on this. Like, let's get this right. Strangely enough, I have Marcus Brown, who most people wouldn't describe him as a mature person. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was the strongest person you no, know. That's why you brought me no, in. No, 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 he's not. He actually is one of the strongest believers, but at first glance, it doesn't look like it because he is crazy fun, and I love him for that. And uh, when I first met Marcus, I would hear all these stories, the things that would happen to him. I thought, there's just no way all these things are happening, but they are happening to him every day. I don't know what's going to happen even now, but something weird is going to happen. It's going to be archived. We'll talk about it forever. It'll be edited. <laughs> It'll be edited. No, yeah, you'll never know about it. We're we going to archive it. It's a little special place. We put stuff that you will never see. But we see it, and we're going to go to that, but I love him. <clears throat> I don't really want him to know all that, but it is true. <laughs> and I respect how he loves the Word, his family, and his wife has had cancer. And, and uh, man, this year, you guys are going through some strange things, right? The pandemic, uh, the news cycles, the racial tension. But Marcus has been through angles on this that no one else can relate to. So since he adores the word so much and he's so close to us as a church, I thought I would bring him in. And um, so to set this up, I want you to think about your maturity. Like if you could scale it out <clears throat> zero to 10, how, where are you right now? And uh, look, look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became older, a man, I gave up childish ways. I have this friend I went to high school with. Man, he was a lot of fun. But when I see him now, it's weird because he's exactly the same. He hadn't changed. 
had changed. So it's just awkward now. Same stuff, and now it's strange. There's a time to be a child. There's a time to be a teenager. There's a time to be in your 20s. There's a time where you grow up. And if you miss the cycles of this, it gets weird fast. Like young people, they develop TikTok just to get away from old people. And then old people went to TikTok and it's messed up everything they're thinking about. Sorry. And some of the old people are acting weird again. They're acting weird again doing TikTok. So my point is that Jesus said one time, talking to Nicodemus, he said it's very important that when you are trying to live in the light, that you don't love the darkness. And uh, this has to be clearly seen. And even Paul, I was reading this in, in Philippians, uh, where he was talking about forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He said, I press on the to the goal, I, pr I press on to the goal to win the prize for what Jesus has called us or God has called us uh, to towards the things of Jesus. But I'd never noticed this before. He, he, he basically says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make it clear to you. And that's the point right there. I believe as you're talking to us, I believe the Lord is going to make it clear to you if we're growing in Christ or not. So with that in mind, I want to talk to my friend. Marcus, first of all, I love you. Thank you for the way you pastor in Fort Smith. That campus is, they're well pastored. And your family and, and, uh, and thanks for being crazy fun. <laughs> You are one weird dude, man. <laughs> and I love everything about it, but something happened to you. The COVID season came, <clears throat> pandemic is here, and I think you might have got it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Tell us about that. Well, I would, I would first say, you know, when you're talking about maturity, there are things that do bring about maturity. That's, that's uh, the spiritual disciplines that we keep in our life. But the other thing that forces you into spiritual maturity is adversity. And so uh, Proverbs, I think it's uh, chapter 20 says, sometimes it takes a, a painful experience to make us change our ways. Mm. Sometimes it's like pain that makes you go, I got to grow up. I, I got to see it. God. I got to get this. It's really the reason that God left some giants in the promised land. He's like, I got to give you some adversity. Mm -hmm. That'll force you to pray. That'll force you to get on your knees. That'll force you to seek God. That'll force you to exercise your faith. It'll force you to fight for some things in your life. And that's definitely happened to us. You know, we've told the story about Brooke having cancer and the things that we learned. Uh, but back in May, as May 17th, we got, me and my son Austin got in our car. We went to Louisiana. Uh, we were going to see uh, someone that was precious to us there that was getting close to the end of their life. And, and so we were just going to do a, a visit and then come back home. And, my, and so my dad lives in Louisiana, and we crashed at his place for a few days. And then uh, one of the days that we were there, he woke up and said, man, I'm, I'm running a light fever. Mm. 
And uh, was it Boudin? <laughs> I don't know. He I was like, what? Did, so I was thinking he had been fishing. I'm like, what have you been doing? Then he had been noodling. Have you been noodling? Where yeah, he, that's what you had in cafe. Yeah. And so he had been doing that. I did that this morning. Oh, <laughs> it's like a routine for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, you got in the moat. You're crazy. You got in the water. And and so so he went and they end up giving him a, a COVID test and all of that. But we didn't. I didn't think anything about it. And so that was on a Friday. And then by Sunday, I woke up and I was like, man, I don't feel right myself. And, uh, and I went to check on my son, Austin, and he's running a fever. And a few hours later, I was running the fever. Mm. And, uh, and it took six days for dad to get his results back. He was actually hospitalized by the time he got his results back. And then we just, man, we just started this whole thing going, we are in a fight of our life, you know. So, um, I remember the night that dad texted, it was the middle of the night and, uh, I woke up and, uh, he had texted from the hospital and he's like, I'm COVID positive. And, uh, wow. I can't tell you just how much fear hit me for like all of us. I've never experienced fear like that because I'm going, if he's got it, I know I have it and I know my son has it. And, uh, so I called a couple of men in our church and, uh, that just stayed on the phone and just we prayed and we talked through things and and uh, the fear is in especially six weeks ago uh, when you look up COVID you go there's currently no cure and that just grips you because you're just like well what are we gonna do and, and how bad is this gonna get and and uh, and so then your mind is just racing and I'm like and then you're just hoping. Maybe it is a conspiracy. Yeah. Maybe it's not even real. Uh, maybe it's just all politics. Well, it's, it's, it's totally different than when Brooke had cancer because I could get on and read all about it, and here's the facts. Mm -hmm. and, I could, and, and I probably read a 1,000 pages, and I'm just like, okay, here's the diagnosis. Here, here's what we're going to do. Here's the odds. Here's the procedure. And you just you know it. You got it, and you can go, okay, this is what we're really facing. With this, I mean, somebody would say, do this and somebody over here would go that'll kill you if you do that and so we couldn't just find this common ground about it so i had to find my peace in the lord and um that's it that was it you know and but I you had, had friends to pray with mm -hmm. you knew where to go in the word you knew who to call that would actually answer the phone yep. who would pray for you and uh, man, people right now, even the mask, every situation, some one scientist will tell you uh, having a mask is like a picket fence. Gnats are going to fly through it. The next person will say, oh, no, it'll save your life. You have all kinds of opinions. Where do you go? You have to have this truth. You, isn't this right? That You've your got faith to is where you have to go. So some people... Uh, get... I mean, let's adhere to the rules. Let's pay attention, right? But that's not going to give us peace. Well, here's the, a life principle, okay? Too many people are waiting. They get into the fight of their life, and then they try to make relationships and try to make friendships. And I remember years ago, you, when I was in another battle in my life, you texted me and my wife, and you said, here's the best news. You don't have to make one friend for this fight. You've already made them. And I already had people to call and text and I already had people who, hey, if you don't have peace, I got some. <laughs> if you don't have faith, I got some, That's you know. True. And that was the, the first thing is that even though you don't feel like fighting, you've got friends that will help you. And you fight no matter what your feelings are. That's good. You know, so I'm like, here we are. 
in the fight of our life, you know, what are we going to do right now? Marcus, with that in mind, I think that um, a lot of people are in the battle of their lives, but we don't know where this is going. Yeah. And I find that it's easy, easier to gather faith in day-to-day life than when the biggest story hits your family. You can still get it then, but it's best to have the faith, your relationship solid, just like <clears throat> friends. You can gather some friends. How many times as a pastor, though, have you had somebody in your church who was not connected, and here they are in the story of their life, someone dying, someone sick, someone divorced, and they're trying to gather friends right in the middle of the They're storm. trying to rent a friend rent that a they friend. hadn't met or rent, rent somebody spiritual for a season. And they hadn't paid the price to make that well friend. Said. They haven't been a friend at all times. They haven't loved through all circumstances. Mm-hmm. So they're just looking, well, who is spiritual that I can connect to? Man, you had to make that, you know, the years before, being in a life group, making those decisions that give you health. Because well. there's people right now, they're in a fight for their marriage. They're in a fight for their kids. They might be in a fight for their health. Mm. The the fight of your life begins way before the fight happens, you know. So you're my rental friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate it. It's only, you're the only friend I have. And I, I, I have to pay, pay rent. Uh, but teach us, man, in, inside of that, you know, all the tension. And um, what, what were the <clears throat> symptoms like? Like, like did, didn't they get a little crazy on you? Well, I would just back up and just say we had a lot of exposure to this. So we were in the house with Dad for five days, not thinking it was COVID, uh, thinking this was pneumonia that was progressing. Mm-hmm. And so we were around him being sneezed on constantly, coughed on constantly, me and my son. And so we had a, a lot of exposure. So the first three days, it, we had a lot of lot of symptoms, but they, none of them were bad. So we'd have fever, but I've, I've had a fever that's worse than this, sore throat, mm-hmm. but I've had strep throat, you know, had, had a stomach ache, but, you know, I've, I've eaten Mexican food before. It was just like we had all these symptoms, but nothing was really bad. And even on the fourth day, we're back outside hitting oh. baseballs. Wow. You know, they left. And so I'd been talking to my doctors and, and a lot of the healthcare professionals in our church, and I'm like, hey, it's done. But then they told me, you need to circle day six, seven, and eight. And That's let's, what I've heard. Let's just see what happens. Let's see if you have a second wave. And so, I mean, we're back outside. Austin's working out. He had lost his smell and taste, but his fever had broke. You were back in the chat with pastors yeah. helping his design. We were in you were meetings. working. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Austin, he's hitting baseballs and stuff. And, so we were waiting to get our test back to, to go back home. Day six, I woke up and went, oh my gosh, this is this is bad. And I could feel it. I could feel things getting into my respiratory for the first time. And then day seven, uh, that's when I woke up and went, this thing's going to try to kill me. And it, it, it progressed so bad on day seven. And so we're isolated in a small town. Uh, Dad's now in the hospital, not doing good. Uh, it came back, hit Austin, he crashes, and that day seven was so bad. I, I woke Austin up and I said, "This is this is where I'm at. If you have to call nine one one tonight, Good if an ambulance has to come get me." He turned thirteen that day around that. Yeah, time around that too. time. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, day eight, I was uh, I woke up and I was like, "I can I can no longer take care of myself. What am I going to do?" And I I sat at the kitchen table and I said, "God, I, I need a word." from you 
I mean, do I do I go do I get hospitalized right now? Um, just hold it right there. Go ahead. This whole talk is not about COVID. Yeah. If you want to learn about COVID today, go do some research. This talk is about your faith. This is right where he is. Challenges come in a lot of different ways. So he's being challenged. He feels like he might die. He's telling his son, call 911. If this happens, his dad is in the hospital. They can't even see him, visit him. So this is like, what do you do with your walk with God in that moment? And I can tell that's where you are because you just alluded to it. So what'd you do that day? So God took me to 1 Samuel 30. And I remember me and Bobby had talked about this. Bobby Hamilton, he's one of our pastors here on staff. We had talked about this years ago, and it was the story of David at Ziklag, where everything's going wrong. Bad place. Yeah. Uh, he went to fight with the Philistines, and then they sent him home. And by the time he got home, the Amalekites had, had destroyed their hometown and kidnapped everybody. Amalekite. Women, children, parents, they're gone. And now his own you know, army has turned against him, and they're, they're talking about killing him. Mm-hmm. And so you have all this grief, all this trauma, they're tired, they're humiliated, and David turns to the priest and says, uh, bring me the ephod, <laughs> and which was basically a coat to put on himself. And and it was when a priest put on the ephod, he was saying, this is time for me That's to hear right. from God. Got to go to the Lord. I got to go gotta to the Lord. This and on. basically, I'm looking for a yes or yep. a no. What do I need to do yep. right now in my life? David was also the one in Psalms who said he encouraged himself in the Lord. You can't just encourage yourself. Come on, you can do it. It's not a get pumped up. We can do this. It's not football, man. It's you encourage yourself in the Lord. And then God started giving you clarity. Is that what happened? Yeah. So I sat at the table. I'm just just saying, God, I got to hear from you. What do I do? And it wasn't an audible voice, but he just dropped a name in my spirit. And I was just like, and so I texted this family, Mm -hmm. uh, Gavin and MJ Morgan, and I just said, I, I don't think I can take care of myself anymore. What do I do? What do you suggest I do? And they said, we want you to come here. Wow. We're going to set up a side of our house, and uh, we're going to quarantine you, isolate you and your son over there. We'll take care of you. And uh, and then they sent another text, and gave, and he, the husband just said, I'm driving there to get you. You don't have to drive here. But I was so weak, I could hardly walk at this point. And he comes in the house masked up and and got me and my son, put him in the truck, and, and they drove us uh, to his farm. Man, and, uh, thank God for those <clears throat> people. It's a principle. When you're in the fight of your life, you got to inquire of the Lord. You can't lean on yesterday. <laughs> you're in, this fight is for today. And I started, oh, this brother. is what I learned, is that all the stuff that we went through with cancer didn't give me points on this fight. It didn't show up on the scoreboard. Wow. I got a brand new fight. I can learn some things from yesterday. It's a new day. But I got to use those things in but the fight I'm in right now. this family was there for you. <clears throat> yeah. And then you got some Christians, they're, all they're doing is yelling on social media, stirring up tension. But this was a family that found a need and went over and solved it with a love. Absolutely. Put themselves at risk. Put themselves at risk. Put their jobs at risk. You know, put their careers at risk to just say, all right, we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to love you, focus on you. And uh, that's real friends. But I think it started there with me. You know, James said it like this. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it generously. Gives it. But ask for it. You got to ask for it. So... 
when I say inquire of the Lord, what that really looked like over this whole uh, period, it was uh, 22 days. I was gone from home 29 days, but it was 22 days battling down in, in southern Arkansas. But inquiring the Lord, I, I put on worship music 25 days in a row, all day. I just was in an atmosphere of worship. And what that does for me <clears throat> is that it just softens my heart. It gets my heart in a way where I have peace. Same here. I'm ready for the word. I just feel like I can hear from God better when I'm in an atmosphere of worship. Yeah, with all that worship, look, look a lot of you, if I could just record sounds in your home, what's the noise there? How much worship is there? Like, are you playing worship? It's easy to get to right now. We're made for that. You talk about the presence of God, the peace of God around worship, especially if you look at that versus the news. <laughs> the news. Yeah. I will tell you what I had to get out of my life during that time. So it wasn't that I just added worship. I had to get the news out of my life. I, I was in a place where I was so fragile. Tell them, Marcus. It just, it affected me so bad. So I couldn't, I couldn't fill my life with all of that. And it's just, everybody was just so much anger. I mean, I, I just had to just remove this from my life because it was making me anxious. It made mm -hmm. me, it made me think about worst case scenarios. I'm like, I'm cutting this out mm -hmm. of my life and I'm just going to live in that atmosphere of worship. So, and then I added this, I started getting to a place where I'd be vulnerable enough to ask anybody to pray. And I was just, I'd ask if I didn't care if I barely, would you pray for me? I just barely knew him, you know. And they would go, sure, please, pray promise. And, you know, we make a covenant. But I, so I had worship going and I had prayer, prayer from the body of Christ, mm -hmm. New Life Church, people that, friends I had growing up, other places that I went. And I think we underestimate the power of prayer so much. Yes, we do. That that prayer has stopped wars. Prayer has given us solutions I to problems. So many Christian business owners, they've had their best ideas that were birthed out of prayer. I'm like, I need you praying for me right now. And so some people think, well, all I can do is pray. Well, you have no idea how powerful that is. Like we're in a time where we feel like, man, we, we are really trapped during this time with social distancing and, and we're not around each other and all I can do is pray. Sometimes that's all you people really need mm -hmm. is to not just the peace of knowing that you're praying, but the power in how things get answered that's when good, you pray. Buddy. Thank so, you for sharing that. Yeah, but if you wear a coat of pride, mm -hmm. bring my coat of pride, yeah. then people will not even ever They're know to pray. They're not pray. Right. They don't know. You're not making the calls. You got to say, I got to hear from God. And, and for me to hear from God, I need a bunch of people praying. Yeah. And then things just start. Yeah, what coat are you wearing, man? Yeah. Well, you obviously made some moves that saved your life. But this thing got more intense. It's not like it got better. Yeah. So during that time, I, I remember my sisters calling and saying, we've got to make end-of-life decisions on Dad. And I remember talking to Tracy, my, my oldest sister, and we had Marcy, my middle sister, on the phone. And and she had mentioned, she said, you know, he, this this is Dad, there's no brain activity. Hmm. He's on a vent. How long do we want to keep him on the vent, you know? So with he it? was gone. He was gone. And it was his, that day that we talked, it was his anniversary. Gosh. Uh, to my mom, and, and uh, I said, this is the day. You know, and uh, 
I learned that you put the, the, this faith. God is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and He's the end. If He is the big, if He's there in the beginning of all things, He'll be there at the end. He's He's there in the end of all things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So your dad lived his life well, and then he died well. I mean, your yep. your family, you grew in that process, and uh, in some ways, though, your vital signs are worse than his, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we, there was some really rough days. I mean, especially with how much oxygen I was taking in, and but I knew what I needed to do, and I knew what I, I and that's not for everybody. Pe- people call going, "Would you advise me on this?" I'm like, all I knew is what we needed to do with the Lord. You know, but it seems like <clears throat> I might be wrong. But sure, it seems like you guys, more than most families right now, more than my family. You guys understand the love of the Father and um, just how much the Lord wants to be inside the crisis of your life. And some of that came from that dream you had, I believe. I think that dream was about your dad, but I think it was about the love of the Father. Would you please look into that camera and tell people what happened to you before your dad died? You know... uh so dad had had a massive heart attack and we were on the phone and just talking about that and so that night I went to sleep and just uh I dreamed about being on a baseball field and I'm just a a little boy again you know 11 12 years old playing baseball my dad always coached my teams or helped coach growing up and and I dreamed up playing shortstop and everything was in color you know, I was wearing a red uniform with white pants, and I look over in the dugout, and Dad looked like he was 30 years old again. He didn't have a belly. <laughs> he didn't have a gray hair. He looked great. And uh, it was the last out of the game, and Dad came out of the dugout and started walking straight over to me. And um, and everybody just kind of faded out, and it was just me and Dad. And um, he picked me up. And he said, look in my eyes, son. And so I looked in his eyes and he said, I've been proud of you my whole life. Don't you forget that. And then I just woke up. And there was just so much, you know, I I remember even people in my family was just like, man, I would just love to talk to him one more time. And I told him, I said, I already did. You know, it was just that special Cause he died right after that. Yeah, right? he did. That was it. And it Man. was just that special, special gift from God. And then you guys have trying to, you know, you're walking through this grief now. That's yeah. still only what a month and a half ago. Yeah. My goodness. I will tell you. I'll tell you this about grief. In this, you get so thankful even over the little things. I don't know why it's that way, but it's just the little victories. I'm out on this farm. This is how I've had this dream. I'm just, I'm just a mess. I wake up and I go for a walk. So I walk up the levee and go around this pond. And I just need some time with God, you know. And Austin's with me, you know. And uh, so we walk up the levee and around the pond. And then, and, and then they had a pier that went into the middle of the pond and. So me and Austin walk on this pier. I said, just leave me alone for a second. So he backed up a couple of st- steps. And and all of a sudden, this horse fly from hell. 
is just buzzing around my head. And I'm just like, I'm having a breakdown. I'm like, after everything I've been through, God, this this demonic horse blood, I'm swatting it's all around me. And I finally, I hit the horse blood. And if I didn't hit it hard enough to kill it, I hit it and it went and landed right on top of the water. And I could tell it's getting ready to come back at me. And when it did, when it started to fly at me, a bass jumped out of the water and ate it. <laughs> my son was like, wow. And I started crying. I said, God, thank you for that bass. <laughs> That's when I knew I needed counseling. But Austin <laughs> went out there and caught that bass later on that day. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. So you're going through all that and then the grief yeah. and then the... And still to this day, you still have symptoms and you're still... Still battle. Grieving. I've heard this said. When you lose someone that you love that much, that the grace that God gives you sometimes even makes you feel guilty and then the very next second it's like there's no grace at all have you had those waves what have you learned and then how are you taking care of you well the thing that i haven't experienced is a lot of of trauma and this was very traumatic on me and my son because you know we're number one you're blindsided but uh number two just how fast i wasn't ready you know for dad to be gone and you know and sometimes we do describe it as a loss, but it is more of an amputation. It's like they've been severed out of my life. My they're goodness. they're gone. And uh, and there were days where there were grace, and then there was just days where you're just like, did this really happen? You know. And so, in that, you know what you always think of is that you think that grief is localized. When you lose somebody that's so important to you, you're like, I'm gonna miss doing that with them. I'm gonna miss going to ball games. I'm gonna miss. I, I'm gonna miss the dinners that we're gonna have on Thanksgiving. But when somebody is that close to you, it's not localized. They're like the sky. They cover everything in your life. And that's what it was like when Dad was gone. I'm like he, he just covered. He knew how to talk to me as a pastor and as a son and how to raise my kids. And he would show up at the. He was. He covered everything. And, and many of you had that describes how you feel in areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but one thing that I knew I needed to do, I'm like, this is above what I can handle. And we, we sought out and got advice to get the best counselors for me and Austin. Brooke is in there with us, just godly Christian people who can just walk through that stuff with us. That's awesome. And that's been, it's really been helpful for me. Man, when you think about the pain that some people are in, uh, just yesterday, I ran into this girl. <clears throat> you might be listening now. It's a young black girl, and she had her mask on. But I saw a tear in her eye. She goes, hey, Pastor Rick. And um, she said, three weeks ago, my husband left me. And I feel so alone right now. I'm just hurting so deeply. Will you pray for me? So right in front of everybody else, I'm just praying for this girl. And um, and she's texted me a few times. Michelle and I are just going to stay faithful in prayer. And uh, thank the Lord she has a church. What would you learn about the strength of a church, the need of a church, 
Have you learned anything? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that that has been the constant thing in our life when everything was going up and down. Just, the church was there. There. <laughs> the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. Yeah. The people were there. And I think what, what people are longing for when they're going through pain like this, uh, like this girl that you described, they are longing for people to get, get alongside them. This is probably the worst mm -hmm. thing about COVID is that we've lost physical touch with people. Like, I'm just, I just want my friends to, I just want to put my arms around yeah. somebody. I want to cry on somebody's shoulder. Yeah. And, uh, but just, just to have people that would FaceTime with me, people that are texting, people that are praying, it's, it's just been the world. Marcus, to close out here, as a pastor, we have a paradigm that we look through that's not so healthy yeah. at times. We're thinking about the vision. What's next? Uh, through the lens and the paradigm of the church. How's the church doing? Uh, would you just speak to me, coach me right now, because I'm trying to pastor and I want to do it well. I do feel some energy, some grace. I've had clarity of thought in this season. Uh, you have been around me. You know that is true. But I don't know how I'm doing. And... Um, so you've been going to counseling. Yeah. This grief counselor has helped you. What have you learned as a pastor on what you've done wrong in processing pain? <laughs> a lot. Everything. We're, we're a weird breed of people. Weird you know, people. We really well, are. Well, you are. I mean, I'm, I'm much more like a common person. You find a pastor that's in this thing 20 years. Weird? So is wrong. Emotionally. so weird. Um, Let's retire. <laughs> Where should we go? Well, I think anybody who has conditioned themselves to get over things really fast, um, like we get over criticism really fast. We have to go. We gotta go. I gotta preach Sunday. I yeah. don't have. I can't cry yeah. about this. Yeah. It doesn't matter how bad, mean spirit. Yeah. It might give somebody else will read it and have an anxiety attack. We read it and kind of smile and laugh and go, "Oh, that's crazy." Right. But you get over betrayal really fast. We get over. I mean, we'll have best friends that move away. You get over it really fast. And it hurts, but we don't have time to think. We don't about have it. time. But we gotta what, get a word. But what happened with me is personal things would happen. I'd have a loss of a loved one, you know, trauma. And I'm like, well, how, how long is it going to take wow. me to get over this? Wow. I need to get over this in like a week or two. That might work with a career for you, but it doesn't work when it's your personal life. So we were sitting in a session and um, a counselor looked at me and she said, she said, I really want you to consider something. I want, you know, your, your wife and your two daughters were not there for the sickness they, they weren't there uh, when their papa was in, hospitalized. They weren't there when he passed away. They weren't there at the memorial service. They couldn't attend. So it's not real to them. So I want you to really consider having a special memorial so that they get some reality and they can start getting a little bit of closure because it, it really feels to them like He's on he trip. went on a trip and he just hadn't went back. Hmm. So she's saying all of this and I'm just nodding my head. And then she stopped and she said, oh, what are you thinking about right now? I don't care what it is. Your mind could be off and left field. Well, what's going through your mind right now when I said that? And I said, well, in my mind I was thinking, you know, my staff needs this too. <laughs> That's what I said. And I was thinking about, I know, I was, I was thinking about people in the, in the yeah. church that needed that. And, she's, yeah. and then she explained, she said, you are so 
conditioned to think from the outside in like and and that's the problem with pastors and it's probably it's a problem with people that are driven, driven. we think about things that are outside mm-hmm. and then what's what's in the middle it's mm-hmm. me and my family tend to get the leftovers mm-hmm. she said i want you've got to recondition yourself to start from the inside out it's exactly how jesus was he would get up very early in the morning and go to a solitary place right. and spend time in prayer with the father and the rest of the day, he lived life from the inside out mm. instead of the outside in. Wow. Because That's where that maturity comes because from. Because what's on the inside yep. during pressure <clears throat> will come out, and, and we have to be healthy in order to give. You can only give away what you have. That's right. And if you're not healthy, you'll give away like sickness to other people. Yep. Well, Marcus, with that in mind, First of all, I just want to say there are a lot of you out there that are like pastors in that regard. Every lesson you learn, every point of grievance that you you have seen, uh, all of the hits that you take, it just causes you to stand back up and go. And look, I'm a fighter. I believe in going too. But if you go without wearing that relationship with the Lord, and also wearing that pride that Marcus talked about, where you're not making phone calls. I need you to pray for me right now because I'm in a difficult season. Are you making those calls right now? I want you to grow in this time. Remember how we started? Too many carnal Christians, which basically means weak Christians. We're still acting like we're barely in, like a child. We haven't grown and what Mark has shared with us today, it'll teach you in the very most difficult spot of your life how you can still grow. But not if you don't bring it to the Lord. So Marcus, would you look at that camera and pray for our good people? We are blessed as yeah, a church. Yeah. We have people who really love the Lord and they're disappointed in their, in their relationship right now. They, they're mad at themselves feel a little bit of shame. And uh, I know you're a man of grace. And uh, would, you, would you keep that in mind as you just pray over them wherever they are? And even that Jessica who lost her husband three weeks ago. Um, there's a lot of young people, older people with a tear in their eye. If we could see it right now, it would change what we talk about right now. So with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask for his grace. You got it. Father God, I pray over every person that is watching this right now. There's some people that feel disconnected. There are some people that that feel like uh, they were passionate and strong towards the things of God, but not right now. They just feel like uh, their passion has has just waned. I, I pray, God, that you give us a new spiritual intensity, a hunger and a thirst to be with you, and a wisdom in to know the season and the times that we're in. When do we need to be in prayer? How, what does that look like right now? 
Give us the motivation and the desire to be at your feet and in your word and having worship inside of our home. And I pray for the people who are hurting and feel like in this isolation, they're going through the, the, the biggest fight in the worst season of their life. Holy Spirit, first of all, you are our comforter. You can comfort like no one else. And I pray that you will be close to those who are brokenhearted like Jessica right now that you would just be like a, a robe that is just on or close to her, that she can sense and just fit, physically feel your presence. And I pray for every other one of our brothers and sisters who we wish we could be right next to them today. Be there for them right now, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm thinking about all the campuses, the pastors, just like you in Fort Smith. and They're giving the word and they're doing everything that they can. We're meeting in buildings right now. And uh, about 20% of our people are there. Some of you have settled where you are now, the digital campus. And I think that's fine if that's where you need to be. But don't hide behind the computer. Uh, we're doing everything that we can. We're wearing masks. We're doing all the things that, that people are telling us to do. And I just want to challenge you to go take a peek and get back into worship with all of us. In the meantime, we're right here for a long time. We're not going anywhere. Uh, but I do know that we have to worship together, whether it's in a building or right here. So that's what we're going to do now. We haven't had worship yet, but now we are. And so what I want you to do is take some of the thoughts and let's get reflective as we sing together and meet with the Lord, this could be a moment that changes your life forever. Connect with him like David did.
Okay, everybody, that was good worship. It was going well here, too, until I heard Marcus sing out loud. <laughs> His wife can sing. Man. She's never asked me to sing over her. <laughs> By the way, Marcus, you're not totally healthy now, right? No, I still have a little pneumonia left. Wow. Three spots, but yeah, I'm getting better. You feel good? Yeah, I got you a look, lot of energy. You look okay. I mean, I've seen you look a little better, but... <laughs> I'm acing it right now, I promise. <laughs> well, listen, the people are out there, and they are connecting with our church. Yeah. And we did a video last <clears throat> week of all the times that we are serving people right. across this entire state. And uh, I'd like for you to take the rest of the service and just talk about giving, sure. talk about the news. And then I'm going to let you do the prayer blessing because uh, I love the way you pray. You got it. You know, first of all, we just want to say thank you to all of you guys who have been faithful to give. You know, there's an easy out right now. You can feel disconnected and not give, but our giving is worship to God. It's our obedience, right. and it's what teaches us every week or every month to put God first in our life. And when we're talking about maturity, it starts with where is God in your life? And every time that you give and you sow, that could be online or you might be mailing something in or, or giving, dropping it off by the office. But every time you give, you're saying, God, you're still number one. And we want to thank you for that, for your obedience. And we're praying that God is going to bless the work of your hands, everything you put your hands That's to do. Good. You know, I'm thinking about that. If this is not your church and you have another church, don't give here. Yeah. Give to your church. Stay faithful to your church, but give somewhere because we all have that responsibility of being faithful to a local church. And um, we have some news to let you know what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot happening in Arkansas. And uh, let's take a look at that. When we come back, Marcus is going to... He's going to give the prayer blessing. Yeah. Hey, New Life Church. My name is Maya Ramos, and my husband and I get the opportunity to pastor our Spanish service. We believe that the church is stronger when everyone serves. And this past weekend, we got to walk out that value through Serve Day. This is something we do every year, and this year was no different. We got together, we followed all the social distancing guidelines, and we got to go to the at-risk in our community and serve them by doing some projects around in their yard work or around their home that they're unable to complete during this time. We even went to local schools that are getting ready for the new school year and took on some paint projects and redid their landscaping just to get them ready for this new school year. We even got the opportunity to go to organizations that are already existing and serving so many across our state and just help them do the work that they've been doing so tirelessly during this season. We got to go into their warehouses and organize and clean up and take inventory of the items that they have there at their facilities and even redo their landscaping and outside, things that they normally wouldn't have time for because of the way they're pouring into and meeting needs of so many across our community. Thank you, New Life Church, for the way you rallied around our state this past weekend to meet the needs of so many. We couldn't do this without the way that you serve and give. Okay, sometimes in this season it doesn't feel like we're blessed. So every weekend that I can remember uh, since the beginning of March, we've been doing a prayer of blessing over all of you so you can go out with that blessing uh, each and every day. Marcus, do you mind closing us out? Pray for our people 
And uh, man, we need God right now. And pass this blessing on to your kids and people, anybody that's in your house. We're praying this over you. Make this a prayer over those that are under you. This is what the word says in number six. We declare this over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, New Life Church. Thanks for being faithful. Please have a good week.